Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome to uh, the Ben Ferguson podcast. And uh, many of you may have noticed we haven't had a show up in the last couple of days. We've been snowed in without uh, internet and all the things you need to do a podcast. Uh, luckily, uh, this morning we woke up and we were able to get the ability to do this right now. And I'm very thankful because I wanted to pay tribute to the greatest of all time, Rush Limbaugh. There are two ways I could do the show today, and one would be to read for you all the evil and mean tweets of the left and the things that they've said about Rush Limbaugh and talk about how disgusting and vile they are. And that was the easy route, right? You could just show them for who they are. The other would be to talk about the legacy and the man that is Rush Limbaugh, and I've decided to go in that direction because I think that's what we should focus on. Uh, I wouldn't be doing this right now if it wasn't for Rush Limbaugh. I met Rush Limbaugh when I was very young. In fact, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh in the back of my mom's Ford Aerostar van. She was listening to this new guy that had just been syndicated in 1988-1989. And I was listening to Rush Limbaugh, and I loved instantly talk radio. And I knew that's what I was going to do with my life. I love talk radio because I was able to call into radio shows at a young age, and people would judge me based on what I said, not based on my appearance of my age. 
for someone that wanted to have an opinion, and, and the world has become a very different place. We are much more accepting now of young people having an opinion and having influence, and a lot of that comes from social media. That's one of the good things that's come out of social media, I would argue. But when I was growing up in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, if you were young, you were, you were to shut up and listen. Rush Limbaugh empowered people like me to not have to wait till I was, quote, an adult to have a conversation about politics. And there were millions and millions and millions of conservatives like myself that came out of Rush Limbaugh's show because they were in the car listening with their parents. Now, you got to remember, whatever the dial was on the car at that point in time is what you listened to. There weren't screens in the back of the headrests for the kids to watch Donald Duck, Chip and Dale, Mickey Mouse. There wasn't, you know, these headphones that you had or iPhones or iPads that you could stick in front of your kid's face and say, quiet, and they'd leave you alone. You listened to what your parents were listening to, and in my parents' car, that was talk radio. That was Rush Limbaugh. And I'm so thankful that they didn't have iPhones, and I'm thankful they didn't have those screens in the headrests or in the ceiling that popped down to kind of get your kids to just disappear in the back seat. And yes, I, they are obviously great, right? You can take a little break. But I personally am so thankful that those are not, they were not there when I was a kid because I may not be doing what I was doing today. I met Limbaugh for the very first time through a guy named Kit Carson. Kit Carson was the right-hand man of Rush Limbaugh. And Kit Carson would probably tell you I was the most annoying 16, 15-year-old kid in the country. But he saw that I had gumption. I ended up finding a basic number in New York for the Rush Limbaugh show. And I figured out that if you would call after hours, you could start hitting buttons and you could get dial-by-name directories for people's last names. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, I would call the main number. I hit pound or star, and they would say, please enter the, the last name, the first three letters of the last name, and I put in Carson. And I got Kit Carson's voicemail, and I left Kit Carson a voicemail. And I said, Kit, my name is Ben Ferguson. I'm a talk show out of Memphis. Uh, I'm coming to New York, and I, I it's been a dream of mine to, to sit down and see the golden microphone and, and the EIB network. And I left, I, I'm not kidding, it was probably 10, 11, 12 messages, and finally Kit Carson called me back because he realized it wasn't a joke. Like, I wasn't some random person that was trying to get in touch and, and some, you know, it was like, okay, this is intentional. And I remember Kit Carson calling back my, my parents' phone at their house. It's pre-cell phone days. And he was like, is Ben Ferguson there? And I and my mom I, or my dad, one of the two, got me in there like, hey, you have a phone call. And I answered and, you know, and I was like, hi, this is Ben. And he was like, Ben, this is Kit Carson. And he said, if I let you come see the studio, will you stop calling and leaving all these messages? And I said, yes, sir. I ended up flying to New York uh, because I was doing an appearance of all things on Fox News Channel. This is like early in the Fox News days. I was doing uh, a John Gibson show and Bill O'Reilly's show. And I was flying to New York because it's before they did a lot of remote broadcasts where you'd go to a studio. It was so expensive. It was cheaper for them to fly you to New York, put you in a hotel room, and, and, and that was just easier. It was cheaper. 
So I went up there and I had the, you know, got there early because these networks, they always wanted you in town way early, like the day before your appearance, because they didn't want to risk you missing a flight or a cancellation. So I got there and I, I let Kit know and he said, come on over. And I, I remember going over and I got to watch Rush Limbaugh's show. And I looked at Kit Carson and I said to Kit and I said to Rush Limbaugh, I said, uh, I said, what is your one piece of advice you wish you could, you know, would have had at my age? And Limbaugh looked at me and he said, Ben, figure out how to sit in a room and talk to yourself for three hours a day with no phone calls. And if you can figure that out, you'll make it in this business. That is what I modeled my entire career after. A lot of people that listen to my show for the last 20 plus years notice I don't have a lot of guests. And... The reason why is because I learned how to do a radio show three hours a day, five days a week. And at one point in my career, I was doing two shows a day. I was doing a morning show and afternoon show. I was doing five and a half hours a day. And I did it without guests because of what Rush Limbaugh and Kit Carson told me. Figure out how to talk to yourself in a room for three hours a day without phone calls and you'll make it. It's easy is what I learned and what Limbaugh told me was it's easy for, you know, anyone can interview somebody. It's hard. It's work. It takes research to do what I do was his point. Not anyone can sit there for three hours a day and talk to their audience. And there's many days Limbaugh did not take phone calls. His stack of stuff that became famous. I had a stack of stuff. Why? Because Rush Limbaugh taught me that. Rush Limbaugh taught me that you can't just wing it. You can't just phone it in. You know, I genuinely miss the days of newspapers. I remember going to, there was a there was a, a, a newspaper kind of stand in my hometown. And it was connected to a tobacco shop called Tobacco Corner. It's no longer there. And I remember saving my money. And on Sundays, I would go up there and I would get the newspapers because we didn't really have the internet. And I would get the the Washington Times Weekly, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and I would scour those for content because that's how you got content back then. And I miss it because my stack of stuff now is a stack of tabs on my computer screen like I have right now. But he taught me how to do research. He taught me how to, to, to ask questions. He taught me to look at things from the other side. Uh, I, I got to meet with Kit several other times, and unfortunately Kit died early on uh, in my career uh, he passed away suddenly, and he had a battle with cancer, and I remember that was kind of my connection to Rush, and I saw Rush several years later at a talk radio convention, and I also learned about humility. Limbaugh had gotten addicted to prescription drugs, and it was not because he was trying to get high. It was because he had pain, and then when he took the pills to help with the pain, he got addicted. So many people I know that's happened to. They're not druggies. They're not drug heads. They're not out there trying to get high. Limbaugh wasn't trying to do that. He had a injury that then allowed for him to legally get prescription drugs. And I remember knowing that Rush Limbaugh was the greatest of all time, and it was solidified when Rush Limbaugh went to rehab, when Rush Limbaugh was off the air for weeks on end, and no one cared. That doesn't happen for any other host. You're off the air for weeks on end. You're, you're going to be replaced. You're off the air for months. They're going to replace you. 
no one even thought about replacing Rush Limbaugh. You had 600-plus stations around the country that were happy to wait on Rush Limbaugh's return and to get better. But Rush Limbaugh was the biggest before that addiction. And afterwards, Rush Limbaugh showed up at a talk radio convention in New York. And I remember him pulling up, and I think it was a humbling experience for him. You could tell it was because he didn't need to show up at talk radio conventions. But he came, I think, to say thank you to the industry for not canceling him. And to say thank you to the talk show hosts, really, that filled in for him. And to say thank you to the program directors that had gathered for standing by him. And I was outside, and I was I was talking with, with John Gibson, who was a good friend of Russia's, who was, had a TV show for, for years on Fox News Channel, and he did a radio show. And I was outside talking with John Gibson, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was Mark Levin. And this Rolls-Royce... Uh, with curtains on the inside, pulls up. It was just us outside. And out of the car, I see Rush Limbaugh. Now, we didn't know he was going to come in that way. We weren't out there waiting on Limbaugh. We were outside just gathering. And we were just chatting. And Limbaugh walks over, and he says hello to Mark, and he says hello to me. And that was the first time I knew, wow, he, he actually knows my name. And he said, hello, Ben, how are you? I said, I'm you know, good, how are you? He goes, he said, nice appearance on Fox yesterday. And I was up in New York, and I did Fox the day before. And and uh, and then he started talking to John. He was like, and then the, the leaders of the conference came outside and grabbed him. He was like, great to see you guys. And he went inside, and I, I went back inside a few minutes later, and I, I was sitting next to Mark Levin. And we were sitting there and just chatting. And Levin looked at me, and he said, you want to know what humility is? You're watching it. Rush Limbaugh could have survived easily without showing up in New York. He, he didn't have to fly to New York from Florida. He didn't have to come to that convention. But there was genuine thoughtfulness and thankfulness in his heart for the people that stood by him while many on the left were trying to destroy his life, calling him a druggie and trying to ruin his career. And he ended up speaking for probably over an hour and and saying thank you and talking about our industry and talking about how important it is that we do what we do and, and saying thank you to the others that surrounded him on these radio stations for keeping the ship afloat while he was uh, dealing with this addiction problem. And I learned so much that day because it meant no matter how big you get, you always need to be humble. And it's it's hard in this business because you have people that are always trying to take you down. There's people always trying to destroy you. There's people that are always trying to um, ruin your life, whether it be through lawsuits, whether it be through liberal uh, action groups that come after you, whether it be people trying to take down your Facebook and your Twitter pages, uh, people attacking your podcast with bad reviews so it'll sink down the charts. These were the things that... Limbaugh dealt with times a million. I remember when the the drug addiction came out, it was like in the tabloids, and then it exploded. He was under attack, and he came to New York to say thank you to those that stood by him, and that that was one of the moments that I learned. You're never too big to say thank you. You're never too big to be appreciative of someone else. You know, I I look at Limbaugh, and I look at what he did in in his legacy, Right, his life, 
He saved a country, I would argue. Rush Limbaugh exploded during the Clinton years. Rush Limbaugh was unabashedful. What I also learned from Rush is you better have thick skin because the people society tell you or you're supposed to like, they're supposed to like you the most. Right? The people that are supposed to like you the most, that you that society says you're supposed to like you most, will loathe you, will hate you, will trash you. And we've seen that online over the last 24 hours since his wife made that announcement. We have seen those people, but you have to understand when you go into this business, you are going into war with the left, with these socialists, with these media scumbags. And it's a hard pill to swallow because I, I say this, I've been saying this now for years. If you want people to like you, don't do what I do. Because every day when you wake up, more than 50% of the world hates you, more than about 50% of Americans hate you. They hate you because you're conservative. They hate you because you're a Christian. They hate you because you're standing up for what you believe in. They hate you. And Rush Limbaugh understood that. And it's a weird world to live in where everywhere you go, you know that people look at you and they despise you. And and with social media and the way things have gotten in this country, it's gotten a lot worse. Now people will sit at a table in the same restaurant and tweet at you that you're a POS or whatever. Now people will get up in your face on an airplane. That's happened to me. They'll yell at you with you're holding your, your newborn child in the, in the Kroger aisle trying to get a box of cereal. You have these liberal organizations that try to ruin your life, that try to destroy you. And no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. I've made big mistakes in my life. The problem is when you make a mistake, people know about it. The other thing that I learned about Limbaugh is, is you better get ready to have thick skin from another perspective too. You better have big thick skin because when you lose a job in this industry, and this I learned at a young age and it was hard to learn, when you, when you go backwards in this industry, and it happens to everybody in this industry, it's public. It is public. People write about it. People celebrate it. You may be leaving because of a contract negotiation and people will attack you and say, you got fired even though you didn't and you can't correct that record. It doesn't work. You know, you, you, you switch stations. and You'll say, oh, he couldn't hack it. His ratings were terrible. You could be number one in the ratings book. It doesn't matter. I mean, you, you could literally be number one in the ratings book. Number one. And they'll still say, you got fired. Or that you couldn't do it. Or you couldn't hack it. That is what you deal with in this industry. You know, yesterday, first time since leaving the White House, Donald Trump gave an interview uh, to Fox News. He called in about Donald Trump. And I want you to hear what, 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 what Donald Trump had to say about Limbaugh. Because he's right. And by the way, I, I don't believe that, that Donald Trump would have won the presidency without Rush Limbaugh's help. I really don't. And Donald Trump understood how important um, Limbaugh was. And when he got this stage four cancer diagnosis, you don't have to be brilliant to know that this is usually a three or four month proposition. And Limbaugh made it a year. But some of his good friends, uh, like Sean Handy, reached out to the president and said, hey, you should give him the Medal of Freedom, and the, and, the, and the White House jumped all over it and said, yeah, 
and they called Limbaugh and said, get to the State of the Union. You're going to be my guest. Now, Limbaugh did not know that he was getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He had no idea. But it was a amazing moment for, for not only, I think, Donald Trump, but also for Rush Limbaugh and for conservatives who are in a cancel culture that we are in right now. And it infuriated the left. How dare you give a medal to a conservative talk show to the State of the Union? How dare you do this? And you know what? I'm glad he did it because it was the right thing to do. Take a listen to what President Trump had to say as he did his first, really, interview to honor Rush Limbaugh after he died at the age of 70 after a one-year battle with, with lung cancer. It was a great honor to do so when we gave the uh, Medal of Freedom. It was something special. It was an incredible night. Uh, we gave it during the uh, State of the Union address, and it was uh, especially half the room. Half the room went crazy. The other half the room, they knew, uh, they knew he should get it. But it was special, and he was special. Mr. President, you know, thank I'm, you for I'm joining sure. us. When was the last well, time you, you spoke with Rush Limbaugh? Uh, three or four days ago. I'd call him just to find out. You know, his, his fight was very, very courageous, and he was very, very sick. And, you know, from diagnosis on, it was just something that was not going to be beaten. But you wouldn't know it. And he is married to an incredible woman, Catherine, who really, every time I spoke to him, he, he would tell me how great she was. She took such... Great care. He was very brave. I mean, he, in theory, could have been gone four months ago, really. He just, he was fighting till the very end. He was a fighter. While, and you, were, a great gentleman. Yeah, while you were in the White House, how, how did you view how he either carried on your message or uh, chose to agree or disagree with the policies you had as commander in chief? Well, first of all, you know, you just had Sean on, Sean Hannity, who's incredible. And Sean would say there is nobody like Rush. Sean was the first to say that he, I, I used to say, well, what do you think? Someday, and he'd say he's irreplaceable. Rush is irreplaceable, unique. Uh, he had an audience that was massive. And, you know, he could do something, Bill, and, and uh, he, would, he would get up in the show and would just talk. He wouldn't take phone calls where, you know, people would call in every two minutes and that's sort of easy to do. He would just talk for two hours and three hours, just talk. And that's not an easy thing to do. And I once asked him, I said, do you study for the show? Or, and he said, actually, I study very hard, <laughs> which, which a little bit, Harris, that a little bit surprised me. But, but he was a fantastic man, a fantastic talent. And uh, people, whether they loved him or not, they respected him. They really did. President Trump, if you would stay with us for just about a minute and a half or maybe a little longer, we want to show the day that you gave him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Let's watch that together, and then I have a, a follow-up question on the flip side. Okay. And Rush, in recognition of all that you have done for our nation, the millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity. I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom.
I will now ask the First Lady of the United States to present you with the honor, please. Rush and Catherine, congratulations. And if you are just tuning in, we are joined by President number 45, former President Donald J. Trump. And you saw him there along with the First Lady awarding Rush Limbaugh, who has left us today, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And President Trump, I have always wondered, just seeing the look of surprise on Rush's face, what he knew about that moment and what you learned that he was going through in that moment after. He is succumbed to tears, and I was curious, what did he know was coming? So I did tell him beforehand, because we didn't have the, uh, really the, the power of not doing it. You know, Rush was very sick at the time. He was at a hospital in Boston, and I didn't want to do the surprise thing. Uh, I wish uh, I wish I could have done that, but we really didn't have that. Uh, that that uh, power of doing it because he had to, it was a very difficult thing for him to come into Washington from where he was and he did it mm. and there was questions as to whether or not he was just a very brave guy he was amazing and he came in and it was as he told me it was the greatest honor of his life and everybody in the room uh, you know you're talking about the Republicans and the Democrats yet half of that room went crazy you remember the evening well I'm sure it was a very unique moment. Yes. In our country's history, in a sense, because of who Rush is. But half went just absolutely crazy. The other half sat totally dead silent. But 100% of that room respected Rush. It was a unique guy. And he was a, a, he became a friend of mine. You know, I didn't know Rush at all. I had essentially never met Rush. And then when we came down the escalator, he liked my rather controversial speech. I made that speech that was a little bit on the controversial side, and he loved it. And he was, without ever having met him or talked to him or, you know, had lunch with him or asked him, he was with me right from the beginning. And he liked what I said, and he agreed with what I said, and he was just a great gentleman, great, great man. A great, great man. You know, I remember the day uh, when Rush Limbaugh told the audience that he had cancer and I remember the day when he he talked about um, this battle ahead and I remember thinking oh my gosh what are we going to do now and then you figured out pretty quick 
no one's going to do anything to fix this. No one's ever going to be Rush Limbaugh again. But Rush Limbaugh's legacy, and I want you to understand his legacy. His legacy is not one man will take his place. Thousands of men and women will take his place. Thousands of men and women are going to do everything they can to keep the fight alive. I'm one of them. Without Rush Limbaugh, we wouldn't have talk radios as a day. Without Rush Limbaugh, there wouldn't be Sean Hannity. There wouldn't be Mark Levin. There wouldn't be Glenn Beck. There wouldn't be the Ben Fergusons of the world. So no one is going to take his place. Anyone that keeps asking that question, you haven't paid attention to who Rush Limbaugh was. Rush Limbaugh changed the hearts and minds of Americans. Rush Limbaugh rallied people to stand up for what they believe in and not be shamed by their family, by their friends, into just being silent, to just disappearing, to not having an opinion. Rush Limbaugh made it okay to, to, to have people hate you and to understand that sometimes it's worth it. Knowing what I've been through with Rush like what I've been through in my career, knowing what he's been through in his career, I'm telling you right now, without him being a pioneer for all of us, we would not be here today. We would not be doing this day. You would not be listening to me today. I would have a totally different career than what I have right now. A totally different career. Something entirely different than what I'm doing today. Will we survive? Yeah. You want to know why? Because he trained us well. Will talk radio survive? Yes. You want to know why? Because he trained us well. Rush Limbaugh made sure that there were thousands of conservatives in this industry that would survive. Rush Limbaugh made sure that radio stations that surrounded his show were surrounded with people that would continue the message and fight on. That's his legacy, folks. The fact that you, I mean, that rarely in life do you have people that can create something that changed the world. You look at the iPhone as an example, right? You look at the computer, the personal computer is another example. Rush Limbaugh changed this country gave conservatives a place to talk, gave conservatives a place to fight back, gave conservatives a place to not be silenced as the liberal media, and he'd been warning us about the liberal media for 30 years. He gave us a place, an alternative to the liberal media, to the echo chamber of of the liberal mainstream media that he warned us about for 30 years. Rush Limbaugh is a gift that I will always, always be thankful for. Rush Limbaugh is a gift that everyone will remember. Rush Limbaugh, I would argue his shows will live on forever like sermons because there are so many things that he said, so many things that he said that will apply for decades. I would argue that Rush Limbaugh is like the Ronald Reagan speeches that still apply to today. 
I still listen to Ronald Reagan's speeches. It's a reminder. It's a compass. Limbaugh will be the same. We will continue to fight, and we will continue on his legacy. I talked to probably 25, 30 different talk show hosts in this country in the last 24 hours. All of them said the same thing. We will keep the torch alive. None of us will be able to do it by ourselves, but as a group, we're going to be able to keep this alive. We're going to be able to fight. We are, we are going to be able to fight. We are going to be able to do everything we can to make sure that we keep fighting on behalf of what Rush Limbaugh started. So for that, I say thank you. I want to leave you with the last words that Limbaugh had to his audience. Many of you may not have heard this, and I think it's important that you hear what he had to say, thanking all of you in his last show that he did in 2020. I wasn't expected to be alive today. I wasn't expected to make it to October and then to November and then to December. And yet, here I am. My point in all of this today is gratitude. My, my point in everything today that I share with you about this is to say thanks and to tell everybody involved how much I love you from the bottom of a sizable and growing and still beating heart. That is the last thing that Limbaugh said to his audience right before Christmas. My thoughts and prayers are with Rush Limbaugh's family and his dear friends. And I say personally to Limbaugh, thank you for creating an industry that I am so privileged to be a part of today. I would not be doing what I'm doing today without you. And I'll leave it at that. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. So a couple years ago, I hit 40 years old, and man, did things change. I didn't have the same strength and vitality that I had before, and I didn't have what I wanted, and that was the ability to work out and have a blast doing it. So then the pounds started packing on. Well, thank goodness I found Chalk, C-H-O-Q, and they're helping real American men just like you maximize your masculinity by boosting your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Now, I've been taking the Chalk Vitality Stack for over a year now, and not only am I working out, I've now lost 50 pounds. So if you're ready to maximize your masculinity today, go to Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com, and use promo code BEN for a massive discount on any Chalk subscription for life. C-H-O-Q.com, code BEN, limited time offer. Subscription is cancelable at any time. Chalk.com. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, 
Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.